Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I'm Robert A. Wilson with Cowboy Wisdom, Visionary Vitality, and Cowboy Wisdom Radio, and I am a hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. Tonight, we're going to expand your intuitive wisdom to learn how to live expansion with Emily Matwell. And Emily is a master intuitive and she inspires her artists to know their intuitive self and shares wisdom that demonstrates simple ways to begin. Sharing powerful messages in an understandable way is a gift M brings to her audiences. She is authentic, engaging, a storyteller with charisma that inspires people. She's author of the In Club, a consciously evolving your intuition book. And without any further ado, because Emily and I had a conversation, she is very, very astute, and I want to allow her to expand your wisdom to the full extent. So without any further ado, I want to welcome Emily to the show. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, Rob. It's an absolute delight to be here with you. And also, before we get too far, I want to give you Emily's website so you can go on and see her picture and how illuminated and light and how clear her eyes are. That's very important to look at, at a picture. And that's emily.org. And her email is info at emily.org. And now you've written a book called The In Club, Consciously Evolving Your Intuition. How does your book open people's lives to understand their intuition that actually expands their everyday life? Wow, in 30 seconds or less. Um, I guess it, it, it's part of my journey into the world of understanding and accepting my own intuitive abilities. And, and I came to that journey after 28 years in the corporate world. And as I began to work with clients, to work as an intuitive healer, to study different modalities, it became really apparent to me that we each have intuitive gifts that we're born with. And for my generation, this was a secret that nobody really spoke of, or if they did, <laughs> I remember my mom, she would whisper behind her hand, it's like, oh, you know, you've got a great aunt. She's really good at reading tea leaves. Wow, you know, that's special. <laughs> I could do more than that. But we weren't really coached to understand what intuitive abilities may have been present with us, how to use them, how to work with them, how to understand this whole repository of 11 different abilities, I believe. As I work with my clients, as I develop myself, you know, it seemed to be frustrating to me and really apparent to me that we don't know about our intuitive abilities, we don't exercise them, we don't take them out for a walk. You know, we didn't learn to walk or to tie up our shoelaces or our buttons or anything else without practice, and the same is true for intuition. The in-club is about how we're each intuitive, and it provides a whole, it provides a bit of a structure or framework for understanding it. But mostly it's about a whole lot of different exercises that I like to refer to as play. Different ways that we can play to understand 
exercise and strengthen our awareness of what our intuitive abilities are and how they manifest for each one of us. Because the way my intuition shows up for me is not necessarily the way it shows up for you or anybody else. There's likely some similarities, but you know, sometimes you don't even really know that it was intuitive or intuition that's knocking at your door. And so part of the book has an intuitive awareness measurement test where you can answer a bunch of questions that simply say, have you ever had this? Where do you rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? And at the end of that test, you can rank it from the book or you can do the test online. It will give you more answers if you do the test on my website. Um, it starts you thinking that, you know what, there's things that have been happening happening to you that you might not have realized had to do with intuitive ability. And what it does is it starts opening your horizons, opening your awareness, and then it gives you lots of really easy ways to play because if I don't like doing something, the bottom line is I'm not going to do it, and I wouldn't expect you to. So some of the things that I'm suggesting, maybe they're not going to work for you. But given that there's, you know, 200 pages in the book, (laughs) it's probably a really good guess or estimate that some of these things will work for you. And there are ways that you can practice and try things on for size without having to make a big declaration to the world that, oh, look, this is my intuitive ability. Get comfortable with yourself in your own way and time and space. But why would you not want to use intuitive ability to support all of your rational intellectual abilities. How did that do? And that, that, that was very excellent. And but here's something that a question came to me while you was doing that. Mm-hmm. How was you allowing yourself to use and utilize your intuition in the corporate world without understanding it? And that helped you write the in club consciously involving your intuition from a higher point of view it was really interesting I wasn't aware of my intuitive abilities until the last three years that I was in the corporate world I had struggled most of my life with clairsentience that's knowing by feeling I'm the psychic sponge I picked up on everybody's stuff and I spent most of my life thinking that I wasn't good enough until somebody explained to me what was going on and that I really needed to put some effort into learning to tell the difference between what was my stuff and what was everybody else's stuff. And I thought it was pretty cool because I wandered around for a couple of years literally chuckling to myself, going, oh, this is so cool. This is not my stuff. But I hadn't understood that. And when I look back, it made an awful lot of sense about why I had felt so mm, loaded up mentally, emotionally, spiritually a lot of times in my personal life and my professional life because I was picking up on people's anxieties, on people's stresses. The lovely years in the early 80s when everybody was being laid off, man, I mean, I didn't didn't know what what was going on. And so as I started to understand this, uh, it became really clear to me why I had made some of the choices I had made in the corporate world and why my 
final greatest decision was to leave because it put me into a much happier place. It was just more meaningful for me. I don't know how, how things would have changed had I been more aware and understood who I was 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Now, there's a question just come to me that you're saying that. If you wouldn't have went through the journey you did, would you have the same clairvoyance and intuitive uh, innovation without going through the journey? Or did that journey actually give you the courage to admit and declare you had the intuition? That would probably be C, all of the above. (laughs) Um, You know, part of what my journey did for me is it made me a really good problem solver because nothing ever works right for very long in the computer world. I was a computer weenie. And as a healer, I'm still twisting that Rubik's Cube to try and get the colors to line up to try and find unique solutions to meet people's problems. It certainly gave me a sense of self being in a non-traditional role in the corporate world. Women were just starting to make their advent into that arena. And I was working in oil and gas, which was not particularly a big domain for professional women when I entered it. There was all kinds of ways that I was taught to look at people, to work with and engage people differently that I have leveraged on repeatedly once I've started to become aware of where my intuitive abilities are. Always with a wrapper of a sense of humor because if you can't do it playfully and with fun, it's probably not going to work so well for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, very much so because, you know, you know Emily, when you you was growing up, and you use the intu- intuition in outside of the realm it is now, wasn't that really looked frowned upon and by the powers, the teachers and the society at that time, do you feel? Well, I don't know if it was in frowned upon, but it certainly was um, hushed up. We didn't talk about those things. Nobody talked about those things. Um, I remember when I was a very young girl, maybe around the age of three, I could see into the dining room from my bedroom, from my bed. And every night I went to sleep with the silver people. I saw them there. And I would get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and then I would go into my mom and dad's room and ask somebody to walk me back to my bedroom because I was afraid to walk past the silver people in the dining room. And my mom politely explained to me one day, Emily, There are no silver people. And I was a smart enough kid that I figured out I should stop talking about it. I didn't stop seeing them, but I stopped talking about it. And I stopped talking about a lot of things that I came to know because what I felt was shunned or ostracized because of how different I was that I was picking up on all this stuff. So I just covered it up. I disguised it, I lied, I pretended, and I worked really hard to try and fit in and be like everybody else. And the bottom line was, I'm just not. And it's taken me quite a number of years to go, you know what, I'm proud of that. I'm a good person, 
But you know what? I'm not wired quite like anybody else. And I think if we were each true or honest with ourselves, we could probably admit the same things. But we live in a society and a culture where there's a huge need to fit in. But you know, we didn't get any of the great discoveries on this planet because people fit in. We got all of those things brought to us because people felt driven to explore, to pursue their passion, their curiosity in new ways that sometimes really rocked society. It really rocked the popular belief systems. (laughs) That's a whole show right there. (laughs) Because that's very true. Because, you know, people that are successful bend the rules. Those who are unsuccessful follow the rules. Or or I should say, those who are ruled always follow the rules. And do you feel Mm -hmm. being a clear... Writing this, your book, The In Club Consciously Evolving, being a kind of a clairvoyant, clair sentence, that kind of showed you the way to your own internal, you know, your, well, your internal inspiration that you show the world. Do you feel that? It It worked first for myself. It put me in a place where I came to understand that I, I knew and was capable of a whole lot more than I had previously given myself credit for. And then there was a certain amount of courage, admittedly, after the fact. It's like, wow, I've got this in print, great. I had these boxes of books sitting in my kitchen that I was afraid to do anything with because I didn't want anybody to read the book because then they'd know beyond a shadow of a doubt in printing exactly how different I was. And then very quickly I got over myself and decided, what the heck, the world's probably not all that interested in it. Those folks who are, well, maybe they'll seek it out. It was a very interesting process for me. I was required to articulate things that I didn't even know I knew. In some days when I would kind of hit a wall, I couldn't seem to go forward. And I'd go, well, let's find out what that's about. And then I would come to understand that There was something I knew that I was going to have to figure out what it was so I could write it in the book. So there were three kinds of intuition that I put names for that nobody else that I'm aware of has identified. And yet I can quantify and identify them and I believe that others are using these gifts and abilities. But people just really aren't speaking to this stuff. And I guess I decided to be a rebel in my own way and go, you know what, it's just about time. It's about time that we all started just getting with the program. That's all. And let's play and let's have some fun. It really makes finding it easier ways through jammed up traffic. And it's a great way to help buy presents for people. And it's really handy when you you don't want to spend a lot of money for something. It's like, well, where am I going to find exactly what I want? And I'm not a shopper. I did not get the shopping jeans, so it's like, okay, this is what I need. This is how much I want to pay. Where am I going to be able to go? This is my first place. I'm going to be happy, and then I can turn around and come home. So I've learned some practical applications for this, above and beyond helping people feel better. Now, this is something that I've picked up from what you have said. And you can tell me if this is uh, what the people will get out of the book when they read it or they get it from one of your 
seminars, teleseminars, and we're going to get into that. But it started out not good enough. And then you went into knowing by feeling, comfortable with self, then what you speak and teach people works for yourself. So you understand it works for others. Is that pretty close? I know it works for others because I insist on sharing what I do <clears throat> with others. Yeah. I'm getting all choked up. I insist on leaving some skill sets behind with my clients because I don't want to be the person that they have to call all the time who waves the magic wand. I believe that if I teach people how to use their innate abilities, they can become self-sufficient in certain ways, and then they only need to call me to untangle them or undo their knots for the tough stuff. I get them started, I leave some basic skill sets behind, and they can take it wherever they want. And now you just give the secret of the secrets to the teacher of the teachers. Give them skill sets or something they can use in their everyday life to expand through it. Isn't mm-hmm. that where you show the people the way and they can follow it themselves, find it themselves? Hopefully, yes. That's my, that's my intention. That's my desire. It makes me feel fabulous when some of my clients that I've been working with, I hear them throwing my own advice back at me and they're using my words back. And it's like, oh, already then. This is super. And I ask them, when you learn new things, please share it back with me. Isn't that what it's all about? And sometimes they do. And here's the thing. You can go to emily.org, go to the In Club at the top, and you can get her book at amazon.com in the U.S. Amazon.com in the Canada, the UK, Barnes and Noble, Books One, Two, Three, Bam, Books a Million, and Indigo to to enrich your life. And, and if you want it autographed, a, you can get it from me. <laughs> that's what, I, and that's the one I jumped over. I apologize for that. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, but here's the thing: you have a a new a. You have a new release on Teleseminar series called Undoing the Knot, K-N-O-T-S. Give people some wisdom that will expand their life about how this will actually open them up to have fun. Well, it's a different kind of a, a journey. So during each undoing session, but the first one I'm offering is free to everybody, I'm going to undo the knots, the K-N-O-T-S, for all of the seminar participants and teach everyone how to use their intuitive abilities to repeat and practice the work for themselves and others as needed. I've designed this so that the work is good for people who are absolute novices in the field of intuition and people who do it as a career or as a profession, people who are very comfortable with their skills. I think that our expansion process, our healing and growth, our evolution, I think these processes are naturally occurring processes in each one of us, but sometimes there are barriers that I call knots. I call them knots because when I went out to look energetically at all this stuff, that was getting in the way of what my clients were trying to accomplish, 
I literally saw them as knots. And when you undo those knots, it removes these regularly occurring barriers to our expansion. I don't want to be like the bonsai tree where somebody is stunting my growth and clipping my wings and tying me down. I want to be free to expand naturally to my fullest potential. I, I, I developed the name, I guess, or I dreamed up the name might be a better way to put it, because after more than a decade of working on various sorts of clients, I started to observe patterns, that I was doing the same kind of work over and over and over again in these people, and it was in certain arenas that nobody else was really labeling or speaking to. So I started to put together my observations and my remedies, the work that I was doing for all of this stuff. It's literally a way to release limiting beliefs energetically, rewrite Akashic records, clear karma. There's any number of belief systems or ways that you can describe it. But I feel quite passionately about this work because of the results that it gets. And it speaks very much to what your show, Cowboy Wisdom, is all about, and that is people experiencing their desired life. We get our britches in a bunch all over the place, and sometimes it's real important for us to not undo the knots and release some of these barriers in all the traditional linear ways. And I guess I'm one of the most traditional and untraditional people that I know, but I'm a really good problem solver. And when I see patterns, it was kind of the way I used to solve problems in the computer world. I looked for patterns. I look for patterns energetically and what continues to confound us. And as people, we're not all that different. But sometimes you need to twist that Rubik's Cube one more time because maybe my colors are going to line up on the blues and yours are going to line up on the greens. We all need slightly different ways to get there. But if there's commonality for helping people, I want to be able to share that. And I finally figured out how to record it, put it down, and give it back to people so that they can do it for themselves, family and friends, whether or not they are gifted intuitives, aware that they really are gifted intuitives, whether they believe it or not, how are they going to get the job done? And I think that's real important. You said a lot in there, but I want to point out something. I want to let people that have been listening to this, I want to hear you to hear the genuine integrity and the polarity of positive in Emily's voice. And that's coming from the heart. You can really start, when you start listening and understand listening, you can tell when this is coming from the heart. And it really is. And here is the first one you really want to talk about, the expansion. And isn't that what world life is, about expanding out, expanding into the new? I sincerely hope so. Otherwise, we all have our bitches in a bunch and we're not going anywhere fast. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, it, <laughs> it, it came, I guess, because I had to do so much work on myself. And part of that process was, was things that I've come to understand. Oh, there's, there's any number of belief systems I could put on it. But I remember 
It was back in the year 2000. I was ranting at the universe big time. What do I want to be when I grow up? And I had the occasion to meet a bull moose. Unfortunately, I met him in a high-speed collision. And I met a craniosacral therapist after that because I needed, I needed help with my healing process. And she encouraged me to take a workshop. And I took the workshop, and I seemed to be okay. And I took a class, and for the first time in years, I felt like I fit in. I fit into that room full of healers better than I did to all those corporate boardrooms. And I pursued. I pursued a lot of training that year. In hindsight, arguably, I was kind of foolish. But I was hungry to gobble up this whole world that was opening up to me. And I left the corporate world against most people's <laughs> recommendations. I said, you know, I haven't been happy there anymore. I'm going to go and try out something new. And there's nothing like the reward that you get from helping a child or helping a person who's had back pain or who hasn't understood a grieving process for themselves or someone they've loved or watching an animal recover. Like, there's all sorts of ways that we get knotted up. And unfortunately, I have been my first and most significant healing victory. But you know, all of my experience is hands-on, and I decided in 1990, when I had my first huge victory with healing, that if there was any way possible that I could help other people so that they never had to experience what I had lived through, that would be my great honor and privilege. Uh, because I get it. I've walked in so many of those shoes. I get what people tell me. They don't have to draw me pictures. They don't have to tell me about social workers and counselors and how they couldn't get help from their physicians and drugs and scalpels weren't doing it. They do sometimes, and I'm grateful for when those times are. But when the solution is not to be found in traditional arenas, isn't it wonderful that we have so many different choices available to us to get solutions that we so desperately seek? And you know, that's the thing. You said something desperately seek. How are people people you feel are desperately seeking but afraid to admit they're looking for things? We wear many different kinds of disguise. We may be seeking something for ourselves, but we will put the excuse or the blame onto our children or our friends or our siblings or our spouses. We, we will hide or disguise in all sorts of ways. But we have aha moments when we see what's going on with others around us. I chose different routes because I, dis- I believed at some point, <laughs> apparently in ways I didn't even know about, that I deserved better. I haven't met a mom yet who hasn't had a problem with a child, whether it's a health issue Uh, a birth defect, a birth trauma, any number of things who won't move heaven and earth to find a solution for that child. And in finding the solution for her child, she often finds one for herself and her other loved ones. 
we're all really looking, but sometimes we just get tangled up down the wrong road. We get drowned and sidetracked by shoulds and shouldn'ts and all sorts of conformity nonsense that really doesn't suit us. At the end of the day, we have to believe we deserve. I can be your best friend or your worst nightmare, but I'll help you. <laughs> that uh, I'm on Emily's website, website emily.org. You got something on there called Paku or Pacau? It's a personal article. That just intrigues me why I'm sitting here. I would like oh, you to expand on that. That's Paiku. It's a combination of the word picture and a haiku poem. Paiku. And because I love writing haiku, and I can write it almost in a way that it provides answers to people. And we tend to have very strong emotional responses to pictures. If I put a little, pretty little poem on a pile of dirt or in a flower bed, you would have a very different reaction to what those words were because I set it on a pile of dirt or I set it on a flower bed. It's very interesting and I've energetically charged it up. So if you ask a question about something that you're seeking an answer on, and you push the button, and this Paiku runs online for free, you will get an answer back, like an oracle, with a picture, but you have your haiku poem on the picture that together becomes Paiku. And as soon as I can get it going, there's going to be another tab with undoing the knots. So if you're at all interested in undoing the knots, check out my website for when that appears. It's going to take me a couple of weeks. Play Paiku because it's free. Take the intuitive awareness measurement test. It's also free. See what you might have waiting for discoveries. Play Paiku as often as you'd like. And also, you're undoing the knot seminars you're going to start. When do you feel they'll be start? You'll be beginning um, to undoing the knot seminars so people can be aware of it. I'm looking at launching the middle of September, so I need about a month. It was our conversation on Monday that helped me kind of go, oh, wow, this is the glue that I've been missing. I had all of my modules. I had all seven modules. The eighth one I wasn't sure what to do with, and the eighth one ends up being the first one that I call expansion. Uh, I need a few weeks to fine-tune and refine all my work, but then I'll be launching the middle of September. There will probably be more than one of the first seminar. That's the one that's free. It will still give you valuable tools. If you have any interest, there will be a click button on the website asking you to request an invitation, which all that means is I'll send you information as soon as I've got it. Or if you want, send me an email. Just say, I'm interested. Let me know when you've got information. I'm not going to abuse that email. I won't even put it on the list. I'll just reply back to you either because you might want a consult for treatment or you might want information as I get undoing the knots all set up and scheduled for exactly you know what all my the technical details are going to be. Does that make sense? Very much so. And here I'm going to give you the other modules real quick so you can understand what's uh, undoing the knots by with Emily starts with expansion. Number two is grace and ease. Third is self-love and worth. Four is unlimited abundance. Uh, the five is compassion and honor. 
And what makes this different from earlier modules called self-love and work is it's compassion in honor of yourself. Is that what that's about, Emily? The well, compassion and that's, honor that's one? one way. That's one way to put it. Uh, compassion, self-love, and worth are emotional conditions that have very much to do with ourselves. Compassion and honor is about being true to yourself in your actions for others. It's about integrity, and we award people the highest honors for being selfless. So self-love and worth is who we are for ourselves. Compassion and honor is who we are for others. No less important. And that is very true. And the, the, uh, the sixth module is healing. The seventh module is freedom and community. And the last one is evolving and manifestation. And, Emily, let's just hi- paint a picture here for people. If people choose to, to attend these, how will their life expand, do you feel? <laughs> that answer is as individual as each one of us is. But if you are given 20 doors that you could open and you knew that those doors were all locked locked shut and that there were no keys and there were no ramrods and you couldn't kick it down. But if somebody said, oh, if you start going through these eight modules, you will be given the key successfully to each one of these doors and all you have to do is walk over when you're ready and open it. And you can stand on the edge of the doorway or you can move through when you're ready. Wouldn't you maybe be curious to find out what the opportunities were for you on the other side of each one of those doors, especially if you didn't have to do all the heavy lifting? I've done all the heavy lifting for everybody. I genuinely want people to be able to take my work and run with it and ideally leverage off of it, expand it and grow it in their own ways. But there there are very specific tools and skills There's a certain pattern that's established in modules 2 through 10, pardon me, 2 through 7. One is a little bit unique, but it sets the stage for what's going to be done in all eight modules. Module number 8 sounds like it could be trendy because everybody is putting out manifestation stuff these days. And I'm not doing it quite the way... Other people are. It's like I remember there was once in my life when I was in a particularly bad place and somebody came up to me and sweetly said, so what are you doing to manifest this? And I wanted to make like the cartoon cartoon character and just go bop and punch him in the nose. It's like, if you think I knew what I was doing, do you think I'd still be doing it? Ah, it's not like that. There's a number of undoing of knots. There's the first seven Number eight shows you how you can make choices for what you want to manifest, meaning if you look around yourself and you're not happy with what's around you, then you've got some nods. But when you know you're not happy, you're usually very clear about what you do want and what would make you happy. And in the process, and it's, it's a very specific process, I've identified, I put it out to my clients a little over a year ago, 
And those clients of mine who are actually diligently doing it have got results. Folks who just kind of thought, well, I should be able to, you know, do this in a couple of days and I'd be good. The answer is no. You probably can't do it in a couple of days. But if you work at it diligently, part of this work actually undoes whatever knots may or may not be known to you. And they'll just release and the universe will provide because everything was always meant to be available to us limitlessly and it was supposed to be easy and we've had all sorts of things that have happened to us that have interfered with that and it just kind of depends on what belief system or school of thought you want to think you want to ascribe to but I don't think that there's too much I don't think it's possible let me start that differently I don't think it's possible to give too much to expect too much, or to receive too much. It's like saying, is there actually such a thing as loving too much? And we won't go down the tangent about, well, if you love too much, it's like you're over-loving, you're restricting. Just genuine, simple abundance. We should be able to receive, we should be able to give. There is not any lack around. Those are knots that we impose on the universe. And if we can step through the first seven sessions of undoing the knots, we're very well positioned to do the technique that's described for evolving in whatever manner is your choice to manifest that which you are rightly entitled to, your hopes and dreams, that which makes you happy, health-wise, finance-wise, relationship-wise, in whatever ways is significant for you in this lifetime. Your choices will be different from mine, but it's all good. And we're all evolving. It's a natural state. But it seems that we need a few little tools to help us along the way with it. So all I'm doing is throwing my hat into the ring with my version, I guess as of August in 2014, because I'm also a work in progress. What's what's an answer for me today will probably evolve into all kinds of new things next year and the year after. I'll share that too. But where I'm at now, this is good stuff. And it keeps coming up and I keep using it. I keep putting it out there. And my clients are getting the results. So I just like to share it with more people. I want people to become independent. My thought when you first introduced me was, my goodness, you, you're just wanting me to wave this magic wand and poof, everything's going to happen. I wish. But in some measure, we all have that magic wand. We're just not really sure how to dust it off and take it out and use it. I want us to all know how to use the magic that is within us. How is that for a personal very, testimonial? That's we've very all got magic in now us. What's, what's that? Mm-hmm. We've all got the magic mm-hmm. in us. And that we do. And Emily, we're out of time. But I want to let everybody understand, did you hear the sincerity and the serenity, but also the sovereign sapience, which is wisdom in her voice, and she wants you to live in freedom. And I wanted to point that out, because that's what I heard, loud and clear. And Emily, I'm going to close out the show, give the people some Emily wisdom, and I'll close it out. Oh, 
Oh, Emily Wisdom. Well, what comes to mind is, you know what? It always works out. It rarely works out in the time frame or the manner that we expect, but it always works out. Don't be afraid to try something new. You've got the magic in you. That is true. And I want to thank Emily for being my guest and all the listeners. And we'll be here next Tuesday again. And thank you, Emily, and thank you, listeners. Oh, thank you, Rob. Thank you, listeners. And good night. Good night.